the most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. B7Dev.com is the app development firm dedicated to helping entrepreneurs go from app idea to success because they understand startups and don't charge you huge fees just to get your app off the ground. Learn more at b7dev.com. From Apple features to ASO to influencer marketing, you will learn all the tools and tactics to make it in the app space. Learn more at appmastersacademy.com. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of AppMasters.com, the place you go when you want action-packed content related to growing your app downloads and your revenue. And today, I've got a phenomenal guest. We've been friends for a few years. We've been able to meet because of this very podcast. He's been a past guest of ours as well, so go check out those episodes. But here, we're going to talk all about how do you really understand your customers. He's got a great new product and he's been a serial entrepreneur, has apps in the app space. So he really understands the app business. Now he's built the product to help you understand your customers as well. So without further ado, let me introduce the guest. His name is Itamar Rogel. He is the co-founder and chief product officer at Afogado. Check him out at afogado.com. We're going to learn all about how the name transpired as well. But Itamar, welcome to the show. Thank you, Steve. Great to be here. All right. So Afogado, I'm having a hard time saying it, but it's my, we've known each other for a long time. I've known about your other companies too, but how did this product spin out? So, yeah, so the name is Afogada, but you're doing, you're doing pretty well. So no worries about that. <laughs> Thank uh, you. And it's a long story. Naming businesses is hard. We all know that. It's, uh, it can be quite tricky. So, you know, Afogada uh, was born from a lot of experience and pain, actually. You know, uh, my co-founders and I, have been in the social space for many years. Like we, we built one of the leading social media management um, services that is mostly aimed at like smaller businesses and SMBs. And out of that experience, we kind of had some larger companies, some enterprises kind of approaching us. They liked the product and they wanted more basically. They're like, oh, we use your product, even though it's not really meant for companies like us, but uh, can you build this for us? We actually are looking at the market. And I have to say that initially we kind of, we really thought, well, this is strange because there's a lot of social media, you know, management services out there. So like, uh, why would, uh, what, why would these companies ask us for whatever they need? So initially we were a bit skeptical, uh, but as we kind of drilled down and understood the, the market gap, we really saw that there's an opportunity and that's basically the kind of the insight that I have to say, you know, the market kind of had to show us that, but that's the insight that led to Afogada being born. Um, and Afogada is really kind of a, an evolution of what we did before in social media. And um, it also touches on some stuff, as you know, I'm, you know, I'm, uh, I have the other, I've, I started another business in the app space. Yeah. So also from that experience and really the insight is that there is so much data out there that pertains to your business, to your company, to your product, to your competitors that you could put to good use. If you actually bring it to one place, analyze it properly and have like the proper workflow over it and, no other tool really does address this need really well, like really getting the insights and allowing you to really understand your customers uh, because that's really tricky. Now, I mean, let's dive into it. Like, you know, when yeah. you think about understanding your customers, there's things like heat maps and there's other things where it's like interactions and events and all these things. How have you gone about trying to solve this problem? 
Exactly. So that's that's a really great question, right? Because it's a it's kind of a complementary thing. So you have like when you talk about apps or games, so you have the in-app analytics, right? You have all the I mean, different developers use different things, but you have all the events. You know, you, you could have heat maps. You know, maybe you have even like uh, session recordings and stuff like that. And that's all super great. It's all well and good. However, that's only that's a bit limiting in what you get from users, right? You only see their interaction in the app. What you don't see is perhaps how they feel about it, right? What experience are then experiences that they go around and share? What things are they talking about if there is later on, you know, a conversation in social media, which is a very big thing for a lot of mobile games, right? We, as we kind of started working with more and more companies in the app space, we saw that, uh, it sounds obvious, I was not aware of it, to be honest. I saw that, in, you know, a lot of the biggest games success the community plays a huge part, right? So it's not just that they got the ASO, you know, and it works really great and they, you know, they, they, the game looks great and, you know, and the mechanics are, you know, super like pitch perfect and all of that. It's not only that, but there's also a huge community element. And I think it's part of what really keeps people on board, right? Like if you want, you want your players to be on board for a long time, we, we all know how important retention is when, you know, acquiring new users is so costly, you know, even for the biggest companies, right? So community really plays a key part in that, in that retention, in like creating that organic growth, and also just in the feedback loop for your own product, right? Because you kind of see, you know, let's say you, you release whatever, your holidays content pack, right? Where a lot of games like have these special content packs for Christmas or whatever it is. And really all this stuff, there's always like maybe subtle, maybe there's subtle like changing the game mechanics or maybe even just look and feel stuff or whatever it is or new levels, right? Every game is different, but you want to understand how people, you know, what do they think about it, right? It doesn't mean uh, that if someone says, oh, this was hard, you should change it. But when you kind of aggregate all the feedback, you can get a lot of insights. And we found that closing that feedback loop is really hard. And I do want to emphasize, of course, the, the point where it gets hard in where there's a lot of data, right? If you're just starting out, you just released your game and you have like, you know, some, you know, and you have a great momentum, but it's still not small numbers. Sure. I mean, talk directly to your users and all of that. I mean, always do that, but it's easier to kind of analyze because it's just so little data. But once you grow above a, a certain scale, it's just super hard to create that feedback loop and have your people really understand what the players want or what's going on there and reflect that in the product. Does so from, that make sense at all? Yeah, it does. From an execution standpoint, do, is it about like surveys? Like, what are you guys doing? Is it all like machine powered and AI powered type of stuff where here, you know, they, you see all the interactions that are happening in the app and you just spit out some type of data? Right. So it's, um, so the beautiful thing about it is that uh, we, we, we don't add an additional input mechanism, right? We use whatever there is already there. So we connect to like to every social media source. We connect to reviews. We connect to ticketing systems. Oh, wow. Some companies have their own data sources, like they have they have services and stuff like that. And we, by the way, I'm just a kind of a side note. We're always a bit careful about survey data because we. I mean, think about the last time you had to fill a survey. First of all, most likely, last time you were asked to fill a survey, you just didn't fill the survey, right? Or maybe even if you filled it, you kind of half-assed it or whatever because. Servers are kind of, you know, they're kind of laborious. So you kind of, you, you're skewing the data to only the people like whatever really filled out the survey. And usually, I'm not saying servers are not good. We do, we do take in this data, we analyze it. Sometimes there's great stuff there, but we always believe that if you really go to where people already are, 
right? Mm -hmm. There's, you know, people are already engaging around your game. Like a lot of games have, you know, they have, they have groups in Facebook or, or people are talking about them on Twitter or mm -hmm. maybe people are talking about them on Reddit, which a lot of companies are missing out for some reason. There's some, or, you know, obviously Discord. There's so many places where people who play your games already go around to discussing them, right? Yeah. Uh, why not make sure that you're not missing out on those things? Uh, before you add your own input, which is great. We're all for that. We analyze everything. But really the point is, you know, as always with data, the more you get into one place, the more kind of a synergy you have. I'm not saying, you know, whatever, take that angry tweet and this is the truth. I'm definitely not saying that. That's kind of, that's, that's where the platform has to be smart, right? You kind of have to understand, oh, okay. You know, there's some angry people here and there's some people who think this is super great here, but actually whatever, the, the, the key insight here is, that we did this well, but this requires fixing, or whatever it is. But that's the point, kind of reducing, you know, removing the noise, which is the very tricky part, and getting some insights out of the, out of the data. Imar, so, you know, there's the web interaction, there's a social interaction, and then the app interaction. So I'm assuming the platform has some app interaction as well that you guys are pulling in data? So we actually, we don't bring in-app analytics right now because okay. we focus on the unstructured feedback, right? So we bring like some of the unstructured data comes from things that people might feel in the app, right? Nice. If they like some, some, you know, it, it's always different, but there's some, we all know a lot of ways like either like getting feedback forms or in-app surveys or, or stuff like that. Or even like if someone like some, some games like have like, oh, someone converts this way or maybe doesn't convert. Sometimes you, you kind of try, try to get the user input, but we, we analyze the unstructured stuff. And we kind of, from the unstructured, we find the structure. Like we, we look at the trends, we look at the topics that are making, uh, you know, kind of making, making the rounds. Like something is changing here. So suddenly people are talking about this thing. We kind of try to take all the unstructured data and really surface these insights that are backed by actual numbers, by actual conversations. Got it. So it's not like a feed, right? Like I'm not like, it's not like a tweet deck where I've got, Hey, what's happening on discord? What's happening on Reddit? What's happening on Twitter? What's happening on Facebook? It's more like, Hey, here are all the conversations that are happening everywhere. Here's some things that you should be aware about. Here's some things that probably are just noise. So the, the signal versus noise. Exactly. And the thing is, so yeah, it's not a feed and uh, you know, we should do a demo session sometime, but the, yeah. the key thing that uh, hopefully I'll be able to convey even just in a conversation is we, we don't believe on one hand in like just giving you some numbers. Oh, you know, let's say, because if I tell you, hey, Steve, everyone says whatever, you know, this amount of people says that your podcast is awesome or whatever. They're like, okay, great. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't give you a lot, right? It, it, because yeah. you want to understand what's behind it. Like, who are those people? What are they saying exactly? Uh, on, one, on the other hand, if I just showed you, oh, here are three angry tweets about your podcast, that's also not so useful either, right? Like, well, okay, some people are angry, some people are always angry. It doesn't really tell you a lot. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we always try to combine the really detailed level inside with a top level aggregate metrics, right? So we, we will tell you, hey, since the last release, suddenly there's an uptick and like, you know, 50% more people are talking about uh, crashes, right? For example, but we'll not only will show you that, but we'll show you, hey, here are those people and here's exactly what they're saying. And you can kind of go through it and analyze it. You can and you can also kind of try and find, okay, they're talking about crashes, but what exactly, like uh, whatever, this is like talking about a certain level or it's an event or whatever it is. And you really can kind of do the analysis. And not only that, what we really love that companies do, and we always try to kind of, you know, educate to that, you can engage with people, right? When you mm -hmm. really see, and we see brands that do that, like companies that do that, it's, it's really great. Like when someone, 
usually when people like are venting off in social media or whatever, they're not expecting someone to actually listen, you know, like you're, they don't like, ah, uh, oh, you know, I hated this thing crashed on me when I was just completing my what, what, whatever. And like, you're not expecting like the game publisher to reach out to you and say, Hey, Steve, we're super sorry. We, we, we probably have some bugs there. Help us figure it out and whatever. And we'll give you a free content pack or whatever. Right. Yeah. And when brands do that, it has, it has such a compounding effect because it's not only that this person got their problem resolved, right? It was resolved in public and other people see that. And a lot of times it gets amplification, like whatever, if it's Twitter, people are retweeting it or there's a conversation around it. So there's a lot of power into it. And we really love seeing that because it kind of shows when you're really customer centric, you know, everyone says they're customer centric and it's very, you know, everyone says that we, we all like, we all are entrepreneurs and we always, I think like, you know, it's kind of in our culture to be customer centric, but it's easier said than done, right? Because there's so much stuff going on and really to put your customer in the center, you kind of have to back it up by processes and by really acting out on the things that, you know, literally put the customer in the center. So we, when you close the loop, you can see, you know, you see that angle sheet or that happy or whatever you engage with it. That's, you know, that's kind of a great, a great thing that we like to see. Jamar, are there some, because you have all these insights, is there some, are there some, common feedback user feedback that you routinely see hey we signed a big customer up like you know we know that wix is using your platform this is just like hey this is the most common themes that we see from customers having worked with all these number of clients well that's a great question but it's it's also very hard to answer because different companies in different verticals have very different things right what i guess the common thing is that it's something I, I guess one really overarching insight that it is very hard to make, like some things look obvious, right? Oh, everyone knows that like, uh, whatever, I wanna, you know, name product. Everyone knows this, that when you think about this and that product, you know, this is exactly what comes to mind. And it's kind of obvious, but the obvious things are often not so obvious. And, and the, the overarching insight is kind of that it's very hard to get your, like when you have like kind of a kind of a bigger company, mm-hmm. it's very hard to get the internal stakeholders to listen to what's going on outside, because there's really for most companies there's no real great processes in place for like having a product manager or someone who's creating like content for a game to kind of have the player or user feedback come into that process. Mm-hmm. There's just no process for that, and like uh, and oftentimes we talk to people like uh, you know from who are responsible for support or engaging with customers even smaller companies usually have you know you know it's a couple of people that do that or at least someone who's responsible for that and we all we we often hear that frustration of like look you know we did this change and uh, i told i told the, i told the developers that this is not good a lot of people go and told me yeah. well so what so you got you got a few emails that doesn't mean anything right it's like it's always so the, kind of that inside of like closing the feedback loop and really having the ability to bring the, both the data and the human communication to the person who's responsible for the thing, you know, the developer or the creator or whatever, and have them say, ah, right, I now I understand. Like, in having this empathy so you can actually make the change, that's really hard. And I understand why it's hard. Like, when you think about it, it sounds kind of obvious. Like, oh, everyone is saying that. How come they're not doing this change, right? We all seen this stuff. Like, how come that company is, uh, how, well, that doesn't make any sense. I see everyone complaining <laughs> about this thing that they did, but they're not doing anything. So sure, a lot of times there's like strategic reasons behind it and maybe they won't change it. But oftentimes it's just lack of your communications and lack of really kind of the, mecha- the, the way that the feedback would get to the right person who can actually do the action, if it makes sense. Yeah, that does. On that topic, like 
Henry Ford said it best, if I listened to my customers, I would have built a faster horse. So how do you really zoom in on what is the relevant user feedback that you have to take action on? That, that is a great point, right? Because yeah, user feedback is, is important, but it's not like everything that someone says that you're gonna do. And you know, here, of course, I mean, there's never a replacement for like human judgment, right? It's not like we tell you, hey, everything that people say you should do, no, but it is, even if it's like, a, it's, it's part of your decision-making process, right? So, okay, I'm not saying your product manager will see that thing, people ask for this feature, that whatever, this crazy weird feature that does something, uh, automates whatever, writing Word document, I'm just making stuff up, right? But right. it's not that the you product manager saw this thing and they will immediately do it. But like we all do, like we, like we see in usability tests or when you like, when, even when you create a new app, right? You probably go around you even whatever you have some sketches even or, or a prototype even before you had any code written you show it to a few people you have them play with it and you see where they you know kind of um, you know don't get it or what, what's going on right i'm sure you've done this uh too in effect yeah. kind of ideating and initiating new apps so what they tell you you know it's not like they tell you something and then you say oh okay i'll do that but you learn from it right you, it does affect your process like you take the insights you listen okay he you know that person said that thing of course it's not really what i should do but that means that they didn't get whatever, why this is working that way. And, and you take that into your process. So, you know, there's no replacement for that, right? And um, I'm, not, you know, I'm not saying, hey, it's easy to be whatever, a product manager or an entrepreneur and just do what your customers say. I wish it was, I mean, it's, it's often the right thing, but it's, it's not that easy, we know that. So yeah, there, there's, there's a need for judgment, but I think that when you have the input and you have the insights, you also know, you also know by the way what to ignore, right? I mm -hmm. mean, uh, because I'm sure even for Henry Ford, yeah, some people wanted faster horses, but I'm pretty sure there were some people who thought the car is a really cool idea. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes it's, uh, I look for themes and again, I always say this, but that's why I love doing what I do because I get to talk to people like yourself and look for common themes. So one person's like talking about something that's happening, I'm like, oh, cool. And then a couple of people say it and this person says it, I'm like, whoa, all right, maybe this is something I should look into. For example, you know, I've been really fascinated by YouTube influencers and figuring out how to grow downloads that way. And that's because a theme developed. And so I think looking for those common themes is a great way to sort of dissect whether it's something I should pursue versus something I should just be like, ah, oh, that's just an angry user, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Exactly. I like it. Hey, so when now you work with a lot of big companies out there who are using this platform, and I know with big companies, having worked with a few myself, it's just like, you got to get sign off from a lot of different people. So I'm the person, the product manager says, all right, Intamar's platform gave me so much great insights. I'm going to bring it back to the engineer, to the CEO, to the CMO, to the CPO, and so forth. So how do you get this internal sort of people to say, yes, let's pursue this feedback that we got? You know, that, that's a great question. And the reason it's so great, I don't think we have, you know, we're still a young company. I don't think we have the best answer to this right now. I'll tell you the way it's worked so far. But I don't think that necessarily we cracked it because just like you say, usually, you know, you, you kind of land in the company with some stakeholder that can be, you know, it could be a product manager, it could be someone who's responsible for user research, or even just a person responsible for social engagement or support. Really, there, there are a few possible entry points. And usually, you know, that, you know, oftentimes we kind of get to the person, they get us, right? They get, oh, this is really cool. And oftentimes they have something maybe in place that's kind of broken because there's a lot of legacy tools out there. They like use some kind of like, you know, I don't want to just name names, but you know, a lot of these like older school stuff or like 
oh, we have a thing that does some engagement on social media. It's like, but they know that it's not good. That's the thing. And so it's very easy. It's kind of very, very easy to get an initial buy-in. But yeah, you need you need the, either the culture or the, like the the communication inside to kind of really have the insights uh, flow through and make an impact. And I have to say, so far we you know we work with some great companies, and I think a lot of the companies we work on more you know these are like obviously tech companies or sometimes kind of younger. I mean, we all kind of it's like kind of a young industry comparatively, right? Compared compared to some other uh, industries. So what we've seen so far, it's been great, but. I don't think we've cracked it, honestly. We, we, it's not like we have some kind of um, cookbook for like, oh yeah, this is how we expand and get to the people. It's always, you know, just working with the people and really trying to be super helpful and try to get everyone to kind of see the data because, you know, it's one thing me like waving my hands and whatever, lecturing or whatever it is. But it's another thing when I show you the insights, hey, this is, this is your users, right? Look at what they're saying or, you know, and, and then I think it's very powerful. So I think so far we kind of, we just uh, relied on the power of the data itself to do the yeah. job for us. I, I don't know if we crack like a process, really. I think we you, probably will need to. Are you finding that more product managers or more community managers are using your platform? So what we find usually that the people who are, but it's all, by the way, it also depends on how we do our sales, right? And right now there's, you know, there's like, which means basically the way that we get into the organization, the person we approach first. So it depends with who we started. And like I said, I don't think we necessarily cracked that one yet, but I can tell you that what we definitely see working and I think, I don't see a reason why it won't continue working because it just makes sense. We often start with the person who has a role that relates to communication with the users, with the players, right? And a lot of times, you know, smaller companies have such a person too. They have there are a lot, we see a lot of different kind of structures, organizational structures, but there is this person who's like the user insights or user research or just social engagement, something like that, or even just a support, right? I mean, yeah. even like small companies, you know, when you like a consumer facing product, you have a lot of support, right? We all, we've all seen that. So we often start with that person because they immediately get it. And once we, once they see the data, once they see what they can get from it, like they get the other stakeholders, and I have to say, and uh, I mean, knock on wood, but usually really when we, you know, we get the internal stakeholders, they see the data and they get excited, right? Because yeah. like I said, there's usually, honestly, no good process for it. There's, there's usually, there's usually, they're usually kind of cut off from what's going on on the outside. And on one hand, definitely, I mean, no product manager wants to like, whatever, be on Twitter every day to see what people are saying. It's not yes, part of the job. <laughs> but when you bring them something that is really distilled and really on point, like, oh yeah, this is great, this is great. And also you give them like a tool of like, oh, wait a minute, we did this feature and I'm actually not sure about it. Can I kind of use this research tool to see if anyone commented about it? What did they say? Did it come up in the app reviews? And we give them that. And usually, you know, these things, you know, they sound simple, but they're not very, they're not super simple to do and they get a lot of excitement because there's really no good solution for that yet. Yeah, I like it, man. Hey, you know, I've asked this to you before and I kind of learned this the hard way on my own, but how have you gone about starting Communit, kind of going into News Fusion, then now going to Alphagata? Like, how do you kind of decide when is the next time to branch out to a brand new company and still, you know, you're still running your companies, your other companies that are doing really well? So, you know, it's, um, so maybe I'll give a bit of a background, right? So I forgot it's basically, like I said, it started 
uh, or I think I said it, it started as the enterprise product for community, right? And we actually, we are, you know, 100% focused on Afogada right now. And uh, community is kind of running as a, almost a separate business. And, you know, it's a, it's a tricky question, but I think as an entrepreneur, you kind of know, um, first of all, I mean, there's, when you see something that you believe, oh, this is like uh, what I should focus on right now. Yeah. Um, and you kind of back that with like the business insights and why you're doing that. Uh, I think it's hard to say, it's hard to quantify it, but I think you usually, you kind of know, which I know is not a great answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I just started to think about, you know, kind of as, as I'm speaking about it and as I'm talking and News Vision, for example, yeah, it's a, you know, it's a really good business. It's an app business and it's still, you know, it's kind of running it's almost running independently at this point. Like there's, you know, uh, some, there's the people who do the support and the updates and stuff like that. And um, it, it's just, um, you know, I'm, I'm just, uh, you, you have to focus where I think the growth opportunity is. That's, that's uh, what I think. Yeah, and like how you kind of did your Avogadro is like going from, hey, this was an enterprise product, right? And the hard yeah. lesson that I learned in tomorrow was I started this like copywriting, unlimited copywriting business. And I was like, you know what? I like this unlimited service thing. I think that is definitely the future. And so I started yeah. this company and I was like, man, this is a headache to run. Wasn't getting, was getting some traction, but you know, you never want to be like some traction, but not enough yeah. traction to really make it work. Cause you're like, I'm That's onto actually something. Worst, I've got, right? Yeah, I've got, I'm onto something. People are paying me, right? Yeah. And then I launched this unlimited service for apps. And I was like, okay, same concept, right? Unlimited right. services as sort of like a software as a product. So like SaaS, right. but soft, it's like service as a service. And then that was starting to take off. And I was like, oh, just look, you know, I have a name in the space in the app space. And so I was like, oh, it's just an extension of what I already do. And I think community is an avocado is just an extension of community, right? Like it's just sort of, these are all extensions of certain things. So that makes it for me as a small team, it makes it easier for me to expand and think about other business ideas and other business models too. Yeah. And I think, you know, first of all, I have to say, I think as an entrepreneur, I think there's nothing worse than something kind of working because when it works right, obviously it's great. If it sucks and like you try and it totally falls flat on its face, like, okay, that didn't work, but you know, it was quick or whatever. Right. But when yeah. it's kind of working, like, ah, oh, what is there something here? Is there, yeah. is there not? Ah, oh, that's a very annoying state. I think to be at, but, um, and it's very tricky to figure out because sometimes there is, and sometimes there isn't, I, you know, I wish I had a recipe for that, but you know, for Afogada, I think it's also, once we kind of started working with our first customers and looking at the market gap, we, because we know this market so well, we've been, you know, we've been doing it. I'm afraid to say it's like, I think eight years or more, right? We've been in, in the social media space for so many years. And once you kind of, so we know all the comparisons, you kind of, you're not, cynical is not the right word, but you kind of seen it all, right? And you kind of, we start working with the customers and you realize, oh, wait a minute, I actually have, a really good insight here. There's a really, really a clear market gap, and you kind of start iterating and working closer, and you see that you know the customers respond to that, and you see, and we understood that we have something that we really want to take really far, right? We just um, because we're super passionate about it, like the idea of like enabling businesses to be more customer centric. Mm-hmm. I just think it's super exciting. Like, I mean, everyone gains. Like if I tell you, you know, this company is going to be from now on more customer focused, more customer centric, you're going to listen more. Like it's good for everyone. Obviously it's good for the company. It's good for you as a consumer or a customer, whatever it is. Um, I, I just think it's super exciting because 
there's also an element of relationships in it, right? You kind of see the relationships both like with your customers and between them and uh, you know and their customers. And I know it's a kind of a really nice. There's an, a business impact, and it's also a nice uh, wholesome thing to to really try and grow. And we're super excited about. It. We think it's a it's really it can it can change a lot of things, and we really want to take this as far as we can. One of the best things that I I think the, one of the best features that you said is like, hey, you know, getting somebody from the company to come on a platform that you wouldn't expect, right? On the app stores, we expect the developers to respond to those reviews, but we don't expect them to join us during our Discord conversation, during our Reddit post, you know, during right. our Twitter rant. I mean, Twitter rant is probably a little bit different, but like yeah. a Reddit post, like you don't expect the company to interact with you there, but the fact that you're making it easy and you're bringing visibility to the company that you can interact on all the places that people are discussing. I think it's a great feature. Right. Yeah. And not only interact, right. But also listen, because, yeah. you know, you write something, you, like you said, you rent off on Reddit. You don't expect that to be made, maybe taken into account in the next update, but really why not? Right. Uh, yeah. You, maybe you had a point, you reached the right person. It, they made a decision and you know, it's all backed ultimately by analytics, right? These are companies it's all, they have super great, like we, we talked about the in-app analytics, it's backed by numbers. You see the impact. So I think it works, it really works for everyone. It's a, it's really a great feed, positive feedback loop. Namar, anything I missed that you want to make sure we cover it before we hit the big finish? Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, uh, it's just, you know, it's great catching up, Steve. It's I know, always it great is. to talk to you. Yeah, it's always good to see you. And we try to see each other like at least once a year in person, but unfortunately we haven't been able to do that in 2020. Uh, of course. Yeah. yeah. Inamar, this has been absolutely amazing, but let's go to the big finish. Give us one app we should definitely check out. So, you know, there's so many, and I actually one app that um, I have to say, I always try, like you ask them, there's some big company apps nowadays that are really great, right? I think a lot of big companies that didn't get apps initially uh, are now getting it, and you kind of see, oh, actually, this is a really good app, but you don't want to name these. This is a good one for Like so one, is, give me is, one. I, I'll give you one. Uh, I was like, Outlook, I was like, well, this is not bad. I don't use it anymore, but I was like, this is not a bad app experience. Like, this is pretty good. Um, well, you know, I mean, even like, uh, again, this is like totally cliche, but if I tell you, oh, YouTube is actually, a, uh, I see, it's because you use it over time, you yeah. see the improvement that they're making. I mean, I'm sorry, it's just a good app, right? Yeah, yeah it is. YouTube. No, of that's a great example too. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it's not super obvious because a lot of these, you know, big company apps weren't so good if, we, you know, not too recent, uh, not, you know, not so long ago. But anyway, uh, it's still a big company actually because they were bought by, by uh, Atlassian. But uh, I think Trello is a pretty good app. And the reason I actually wanted to point Trello out because it's a productivity tool. And what I hate, I actually, I think a lot of us are, I... I do a lot of work for my mobile phone, right? I, uh, I, I try to get a lot of stuff done on the road or whatever, because there's always stuff going on. And I really hate it when like a productivity app is kind of like, oh yeah, this is like, whatever. It feels like it's not really a trial version, but it feels like the lean version or the cheapo version of the actual productivity tool. Like a lot of times some functionality is not even possible. And with Trello, I just felt they were really thoughtful around really enabling you to do work for mobile in a way that works there. Yeah. So that's why I, that's an app that I want to point out. I hate I it when you like it to put it. Yeah. You, do yeah. you use it on your phone? Yeah. Not as often. I try to keep the productivity stuff. I always like it on my computer. So I always try to have yeah. like a lightweight laptop that I can just, because I don't know. I don't like doing a lot on here. <laughs> <It's actually good>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I had, you know, if you have like whatever, you have a task and some communication going on, if I'm, uh, you know, 
you know, nowadays obviously it's a bit different, but if you're out somewhere or whatever, I can't let this comment wait. I have, you know, I have to kind of push the things forward. So that's yeah. why uh, I can't I like do this. It. Yeah. What's a lesson that took you the longest to learn? Um, you know, I think for me, one, I guess a key lesson is when I started, you know, we, I kind of started being an entrepreneur and stuff like that. You kind of, one of the things that you hear about, oh, persistence, you know, never give yeah. up and blah, 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 blah. And I am kind of the, that type of like, oh, you know, I, you know, I can I never give up. But it was kind of something that I had to learn the hard way that you kind of, you know, sometimes actually giving up, knowing when to give up is a such an important trait for an entrepreneur because we talked about, right? Some things just don't work. Mm -hmm. And something like, hey, yeah, this thing, does not work the market doesn't need it or whatever the reason is right and no matter how much you keep trying it's just not the right whatever tree to bark on right and mm -hmm. you need to kind of regroup and do something else which is i mean it sounds obvious but i think a lot of times it's actually very tricky it's kind of like what we talked about is when things kind of work uh does it mean that they they, they you just you know abandon them because they're not good enough or does it mean that there's something there but you just haven't fully cracked it and i think that balance of like okay when do i really need to persist and like you know never give up because in the general scheme of things i am a never give up type type of guy but you do have to know okay when it's like okay this i'll give up on this and maybe <laughs> try another way and really kind of figuring out when exactly to do that yeah. Uh, it's kind of like some other things. I don't have a great recipe for that, but I think it's such an important thing to be aware of because a lot of times we kind of have our biases and you're like, you meet those people like, oh, I'll never get out of They keep trying the same thing for years or whatever it is. Yeah. It's just like, hey, dude, it's okay. Let's, you know, let's think about this a bit. And there's also the opposite, right? Some people are biased to do the opposite, to just keep kind of iterating and pivoting and like every week you meet them, oh, I'm doing this thing. Or like, yeah, okay, but what about the other thing, right? right. It's like, you have to kind of have a, a good balance of it. Yeah, I know. It's it's one of those things that you just can never quantify, but then you just have to see through the years that is this, because yeah, we, I'm sure you and I've met people like every year they're onto something new. I'm like, you know, you're going to have to focus on something, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. I love it. Tomorrow, it was so great catching up, man. It was so good to kind of just learn about all the new things and just frankly, like you said, just to catch up. So guys, if you guys wanted to check it out, go to Afagata. Did I say it right this time? Afagata. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, it really looks through the web, your business apps, the social media, and really gives you the important, filters it all, gives you the important insights from your customers so that you can use that to improve your product and start engaging with them as well if you wanted to do that. Demar, if you want to, do you want to send the audience anywhere else? They want to personally connect with you? Uh, yeah, I'm happy to chat. I'm at itamar at afogata.com. Or like you said, the, the website uh, or LinkedIn also a great way to reach us. Yeah, looking forward to hearing from everyone. Awesome. Inamar, it's so good seeing you, man. Thank you so Thank much you for coming man. on doing this. Steve, you look great. Can I say it on, on recording? How, you, how, you can always, always look so say great. positive things on recording. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I can't see, man. Is that is that an ugly sweater? What is it over? It there? is an ugly sweater. You... It's you know I nice. did a YouTube live stream right before you, and so I had my ugly sweater going. It's a Christmas ugly there sweater, and I had Christmas jokes and all that stuff on this YouTube. Good. Live That's stream. great sweater game. Yeah. yeah, thanks, man. Well, thank you guys for listening, and I'll see you guys on the next chat. Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out AppMasters.co.